Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. All music you hear in this episode of the American Muse podcast is supplied exclusively by Naxos Records. To hear and purchase full works, please go to naxos.com. Welcome to American Muse podcast, where we explore hidden secrets in the landscape of 19th and 20th century American orchestral music. Your host is Dr. Grant Gilman, conductor, violinist, and author based in Atlanta, Georgia. In each episode, Grant unearths a fresh orchestral work by an American composer you may not even know. And by the end, we hope you are a new fan of the composer and their music. Now, your host, Maestro Grant Gilman. In this episode of American Muse Podcast, we will look at George Whitefield Chadwick a member of the so-called Boston Six, and dubbed by John Philip Sousa as the Pride of New England. We will hear parts of his single-movement work, Aphrodite, and find out how closely the music ties to the mythical figure herself. Also, we will explore Chadwick's time as student, teacher, then president of the New England Conservatory of Music. George Whitefield Chadwick's life spans an interesting series of world historical events and societal shifting inventions. I'm quoting from Bill Fawcett's biography on Chadwick, as he puts it very articulately. Quote, Born in 1854, just a few years before the first volley of the Civil War, he lived to see the devastation of the Great War and the turmoil wrought by the onset of the Great Depression. Chadwick also watched as technology improved and sometimes invaded his life via electricity, the phonograph and the gramophone, the telephone and the motion picture. He traveled widely, first by horse, cart and train, then by steamship and automobile, and eventually by air. In the United States and abroad, Chadwick's travels enabled his presence at many of the age's most consequential musical events. 
Can you even imagine living and being so highly productive before electricity, the car, and the telephone? I know there are many others that did this, but it's a pretty heavy concept to take in. So, Chadwick, born in Massachusetts, studied piano for a little bit at the New England Conservatory in Boston, then with an eye towards studying in Europe, as did most musicians at the time, he took a teaching position at the Michigan Conservatory of Olivet College to earn and save money. After three years, he went to Germany and studied piano and organ at the Munich Conservatory. After two years there in 1879, seemingly ready to come back to the U.S. anyway, Chadwick was invited to conduct his own Rip Van Winkle overture at a Boston's Handel and Haydn Societal Triennial Festival. So he packed up and came back to Boston for good. Then, over nearly a decade, Chadwick held various church organ positions, conducted orchestras, managed festivals, and composed more and larger pieces. In 1897, though reticent at first to accept the position, Chadwick became director of the New England Conservatory of Music. As a side note, this is very similar to how William Schumann became director of Juilliard after declining the position multiple times. Though the position took up much of his time, Chadwick continued to teach composition and compose a great deal himself. He was even commissioned to write for Connecticut's Norfolk Music Festival, for which, among other pieces, he composed Aphrodite, the piece we will discuss shortly. Chadwick's composition portfolio is large and eclectic. Piano and organ works, chamber music, orchestral, concerti, choral, and stage pieces, he worked a great deal between that and his position at NEC. The only thing that slowed him down was his health. First, it was rheumatism, which made him lose some teeth and degraded his eyesight. That led to gout, which gave him a lot of chronic pain. But what did him in was a heart condition. Because he consistently wrote in his diary throughout his life, we have a clear, though sobering, account of the days leading up to his death. For example, on December 27, 1930, he writes, quote, Paderewski, dinner and concert. Had a heart attack and could not go. Just like that, as if it were a minor inconvenience. Our piece today is Aphrodite, written in 1911. Chadwick actually wrote this long, one-movement work in a single month. The piece itself is quite hefty orchestrationally as well, notably calling for triple woodwinds, four horns, four trumpets, offstage trumpets, both harp and celesta, and field drums. As I mentioned, Chadwick wrote this piece for the Norfolk Festival. To put the Norfolk Festival performance into perspective, which was in June of 1912, this was only six weeks after the sinking of the Titanic. Even Chadwick remarked, It has so overshadowed all other affairs that I could not get into any mood to write. Apparently, the impetus for this work was born from Chadwick's fascination with the marble bust of Aphrodite herself at the Museum of Fine Art in Boston. Though the work is entirely instrumental, Chadwick worked out a translation of ancient Greek poetry to accompany the score. And here it is. In a dim vision of the long ago, wandering by a far-off Grecian shore, where streaming moonlight shone on golden sands, and melting stars dissolved in silver seas, I humbly knelt at Aphrodite's shrine, 
imploring her with many a fervid prayer to tell the secret of her beauty's power and the depths of the ocean whence she sprang. At last the wave-born goddess raised her hand and smiling said, O mortal youth, behold, then all these mysteries passed before mine eyes. Intriguingly, while the vast majority of Chadwick's work is romantic, Germanic, structured in form, this piece is obviously highly programmatic. While it is one movement, he designates titled sections. Moonlight on the Sea, Storm, Requiem, The Lovers, Children Playing, Approach of the Great Army, and Hymn to Aphrodite, Moonlight Scene, Partly Repeated, and Finale. The thematic strain is persistent throughout, instead of a formal rotation. Now let's hear the piece itself. This 2002 Naxos recording is of the Nashville Symphony, conducted by Kenneth Schirmerhorn. On a side note, because of the pandemic, the Nashville Symphony was forced to cancel their entire 2020-2021 season. This is, of course, grave news for the organization, the musicians, and their audience. I truly hope that the situation turns around for the Nashville Symphony and they get back to making music as quickly as is possible for everyone's safety. A very melancholy beginning. The solo viola plays a variation of the Aphrodite motive that will persist throughout the piece. Accompanied by clarinets, the short phrase ends on a deceptive and unresolving chord, followed by an ominous statement by the timpani. After this repeats, building suspense, the texture settles in, an undulating figure in the strings while the English horn plays the Aphrodite motive. this section expands and builds, it is never harsh, never erupts. Not only does the activity remain relatively calm, the melody itself is rarely presented with a bright instrument, like oboe or flute, and even when it is, it's combined with clarinet or English horn to mitigate the brighter timbre of the instrument. This is a keen insight of orchestration on the part of Chadwick. Eventually, this transitions to a raucous storm section, heavy on the low brass and percussion. Yeah. 
Having built up a substantial amount of tension, Chadwick opens up directly into the Requiem. Immediately, the simple theme is accompanied by quick, running chromatic scales in the lower register, swelling over and over. Having released a great deal of the opening tension during the Requiem, Chadwick enters the Lovers section. This opens with a violin and horn duet that develops an intimate melodic line, likely signifying the lovers themselves. After this opening, the lyrical line is developed to a fulfilling crest and in Wagnerian style opens into a lightness and quicker tempo only to arrive at yet another greater, fuller moment of bliss. a very light, waltz-like section meant to be the children playing, Chadwick then makes use of offstage drums and trumpets to introduce the extended march of an approaching great army. The march builds up, and as the army arrives, a grand maestoso gives way, presenting a hymn to Aphrodite.
When the drama finally plays out, Chadwick reprises the Moonlight theme from the opening, but this time with a bit more brightness. At last, he brilliantly allows the undulating accompaniment to organically expand, adding broader and larger swelling wind chords over the top, as if breathing in sweet relief to the end. Chadwick was often accused, notably by his own colleague Horatio Parker, for being technical, craftsmanlike. Honestly, I don't hear what they hear. I find myself more engaged in this music every time I hear it. On top of that, Chadwick himself partly has a lot to do with the fact that in my own conservatory training, I was offered and even at times encouraged to enrich myself with traditions other than just that of Europe. Do not get me wrong, I can play Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, Brahms, Mahler, etc. all day long. Though, I am thankful to people like Chadwick who encouraged American teachers, performers, and composers to believe in their own set of traditions, skills, instincts. Now, we have a mix of everything. What could be better? If you like what you have heard and want to support the advocacy of American orchestral music, please consider signing up to donate regularly at patreon.com for our continued production of this podcast. Also, subscribe for updates wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.